The following podcast is an audio version of a live show that takes place daily on Crowdcast. To join our live audience, visit our Crowdcast website at crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. That's crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. And we are live. It is April 20th, 2020. It's 5 p.m. Eastern time. Boris Johnson fears a second peak from relaxing the lockdown, says the BBC. He resists easing the lockdown, says Bloomberg. He urges caution on easing the lockdown, says the Financial Times. So big dispute among the British papers about whether he is fearing, resisting, or just urging caution uh, about a second wave if he eases the lockdown. We don't have any fun anymore, though we're having a hell of a lot more of it than Boris Johnson is. And in lieu of fun, it is pugilism week. So, Kate, tell us about our first total knockdown octagon match on, on pugilism week. Um, okay, this is gonna be this is gonna be a lot of fun. Also, I want to just explain to Scott and Oren that we don't that we every episode we've developed naturally um, that we open every episode we measure time in Boris Johnson's here on In Lieu of Fun Show. He was um, it was at first it was I think it kind of happened just because like right before we went to show he had gone into the hospital and so that was like and then he was in the icu and so then it just kind of got to be that that was like the breaking news um and so now we've just kind of kept it up so like whatever (laughs) be like boris johnson is pooped like there's there's your news for the day um so basically uh i'll just leave that up but we're in pugilism week uh which is the theme we uh picked randomly on saturday not with Ben picked randomly on Saturday, not even knowing that I was going to have a workout planned on Sunday for the mystery guest with my personal trainer, who was a uh, who was a kickboxing champion, um, and so uh, we had uh, a ton of fun. And uh, this whole week is lined up to basically be a series of debates that are somewhat fun and serious, and somewhat uh, ridiculous and fun. Uh, fun is the main the main thing, um, and. Uh, I had proposed to you guys to both come on. Because you famously hate each other. Because you famously hate each other. Um, uh, Scott Shapiro has slandered. Oh, wow, Oren, your name is Scott Shapiro in um, on my Zoom feed. That's amazing. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I'm gonna... <laughs> did you do that, Oren? I, I did. It's part of my mind control strategy. I All right. I'm, I'm just going to not interfere with that then. Because, like, Scott seems utterly, utterly like shocked. Everything you say can be attributed to Scott. You should emphasize that it's all on the record. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm really, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm really concentrating hard in order to pick a fight. Okay, that, we're great. This it. is great. We have great intros planned for you. They're hilarious. Um, I think <laughs> I laughed really hard making it, which is all that matters. Um, and uh, we have uh, we, but we asked you to on we. This is actually kind of perfect because we had 
invited Scott on to be on the show and then also Oren, you are on separately. Um, and Scott, you, um, I introduced you by reading off the slander that Oren had leveled at you that you have uh, republished in your Twitter bio. <laughs> and so like, right. I don't really know. Wait, wait a minute. You got, you, it's only slander if it's not true. Yeah, that's uh, true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why is Scott bad for Yale and bad for the law? No, 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 bad for America. Bad for America, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I was going to be. Yeah, no, right, exactly. I could be bad for Yale Law School, but be excellent for the law. Yeah, that is very, very separate things. Let's be clear. What's the origin of the grudge match that ended up in in Scott's bio? Why do you guys hate each other so much? First of all, let me just say, I have never met Orange. Well, the better. It's it's, it's, yeah. so, it's harder to hate somebody once you. When did know. we meet? When did we meet? Uh, we met when I interviewed at Cardozo in. Oh, that's right. That's so right. It was yeah, only right. twenty yeah. years ago, and I've been waiting for this moment for twenty. <laughs> you. You've uh, been so a it, law professor since two thousand. Fall two thousand one. Jeez, you're old. Yeah. No, I, I just like I, I, it was more like a, I, I can't believe that like I can't you like you I thought you were I actually thought you were younger than that so there you go. <laughs> I, was, I was a law professor. I've been a law professor since 1996. Wow, I was in sixth grade, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, we have never really met. Since I think it's fair that that an uh, interview during uh, uh, appointments is not a true meeting. It is a it is a pretend fake meeting in in many in many ways, but. But it is it is a pleasure to meet you outside of that uh, setting. I so, I do love your Twitter your Twitter feed is like likewise. I was so the origin for the people out there was that I was I had I was envious of all the people who in their Twitter bios had been slandered by important people, um, and I had no nothing to say for myself. And so I crowdsourced um, uh, insults and Oren, as usual, came up with the uh, nastiest thing to say. Um, and so I, I put it up there and uh, si since then I've gotten like much nastier things, but I, I just, I'm very, <laughs> I'm, I'm very we, wedded. We have somebody in the audience today who is, I think the world champion of important people uh, uh, saying nasty things about. So uh, you know who you are out there and just uh, raise your hand or shoot me a note if you wanna talk about having famous people uh, 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 say nasty things about you. Um, oh, you do, okay, let's bring you in. Um, uh, so I, I think you're all gonna, so Lisa Page is like a good friend. <laughs> And, um, wow! Uh, oh my God! I, I, I'm get, I'm getting off this call. I, I'm getting off this because I cannot compete. Like, like you know, you guys have like you can dredge up Oren to, but Lisa, what's the worst thing the president has said about you in a tweet? Oh God! Or in a speech? That's really. I mean, I mean, I think accusing me of treason really ranks. <laughs> you know, one of the few enumerated crimes in the constitution and punishable by death. So that's, that's high up there, but. Is it in your Twitter bio though? Uh, no, I, I'm <laughs> not always lovely in my Twitter bio. So I try to be a little more subtle about the perpetual. Uh, what, what, wait, what's worse when the president 
says um, that you're a uh, that you are a coup plotter and plotted treason, or when he persistently calls you lovely. I mean, the latter is definitely creepier. I don't know what to make of it, um, and it only appeared after my congressional testimony, so that's even more peculiar. But he's really come away from that now. I, I'm definitely not uh, lovely, regardless of the definition anymore. Um, may I ask? May I ask how you how how it felt? I mean, I imagine the first couple of times it has been really scary. Um, uh, oh, did you ever get used to it, or no? No, not really. Um, did it did it like rain down other like his followers on you too? Oh, is that like why it was the most like? I mean, because I wouldn't really care if he said something about me, even though it, he's the president. If nothing happened, but like I would imagine it's mostly because he has all these like he's got these like these. It's you know it's like who will rid me of this troublesome priest? Right. No, it's uh my 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 Twitter timeline is something truly awful. Like that doesn't matter. I can post a picture of the Capitol and say like, oh, the city's kind of pretty. And there will be two, three, four, five dozen, you know, slut, homewrecker, homewrecker, you know, vulgarities beyond uh, probably the purview of this show. Um, yeah, it's pretty, it's awful. I mean, I, I think I said to Ben, like I retweeted Gabriel's project because it's fabulous and so amazing. And I got back He's too young for you, Lisa. Like, it's just nasty. I mean, know? he is, but also. Well, <laughs> as it turns out, it hadn't entered my mind in the first place. But um, yeah, it's, I don't know. Do you get used to it? It's a sort of a hard question. I mean, do you ever get used to being sort of the, I mean, even like last yesterday, he went on his, you know, human scum tirade at the FBI. He didn't name me by person. Um, but I'm undoubtedly included. And it is a signal to the rest of his followers. It's a reminder, right, that we're all still out there, notwithstanding the fact that we've all been out of government for, you know, two or more years. Um, so Lisa, we got to get to- uh, Yeah, yeah, please. I did not mean to take this over no, no, at no, all. We got to just... get to the slugfest between Orin and please, Scott. Please, that's what I showed up for. But, but come back tomorrow <laughs> and, uh, and we can do uh, like, uh, ask me anything with Lisa. There's lots of good people out here. We're, we've gotten Kate Levesque. I don't know that Lisa wants an ask me anything. <laughs> Lisa does. It sounds like more fodder. <laughs> uh, I think we should. If we can people. ask her some things. We'll start our own brand. Ask okay, me we don't have to rip off Reddit. Ask, ask me a few things. A few things. Yeah. <laughs> things in the realm of human decency. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm here uh, for the, the the pugilism. So all right, nice we'll, to see you. I'll bring you back. <laughs> okay, bye, bye, later, Lisa. Bye, okay. Lisa. Bye, guys. Bye, bye. All right. Okay, so should we start our introduction? Let's start. Yeah, you you have uh, you're gonna introduce Scott. Oh yeah, I'm gonna introduce Scott. Okay, hold on. I have to like get into the I have to like get into like the Zen of the voice. Hold on, and I've got to like gotta dangle my mic like I'm a like I'm an actual like referee grabbing the mic and speaking into it um so let's see in the red corner weighing in at 28,300 followers four esoteric book publications and an SSRN feed longer than most faculty meetings his students call him just okay the internet calls him 
sometimes funny, but we just call him Scott the Ball Peen Hammer Shapiro. There you the go. Crowd goes wild. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I was a martial artist for, for, and sparred a lot. So if you want to see some, oh, some action later. <laughs> uh, more, uh, I, like I said, I will do anything for a joke. So. In the blue corner, weighing in at 77,200 Twitter followers, it's the Delaware Destroyer. He listens to jazz and collects vintage cars, but don't let it fool you. He's an animal in the ring. He's had 25 fights, and every single one of them ended in a Supreme Court footnote. It's Orin. He went into Fourth Amendment law because he is the stalker. There you go. You're welcome, guys. <laughs> you're never gonna get. You're never gonna. You're never gonna forget that as hard as you try. <laughs> All right. So the first round of the debate uh, is: What are you guys debating? Go. What the hell, Orange? <laughs> Uh, I mean, uh, Carpenter. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, what do really? You do you guys disagree about Carpenter? No, I didn't even really know what that case is, but I just know that Orr writes about it. And so I just was trying to start, start something. I mean, what's the, what's the deal? How, well, I mean. How, how about, uh, <laughs> let's, let's think of an actual topic. So. Um, what do you think about the role of jurisprudence in a law school curriculum? Oh, oh my goodness. Well, of course okay, that is, okay. <laughs> right. we, do we really want to talk about that? I, I'm, I'm yes. really happy to talk about we that. We have a whole thing planned. Yeah. Like round one is debate what to debate. Round two is something ridiculous we picked. Round three is whatever you guys pick to debate. And then Q&A, we'll pick the rest of the debate topics. Yeah, so guys, it's all in the audience, you know, we've got, um, you can pose your questions now. And after round three, we will bring you in to pose your questions. Yeah. So, 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 so I, I would just say that, you know, so in the UK um, uh, and in many Commonwealth countries, jurisprudence is a required course. Um, and uh, everyone has to take it and everyone hates it. Um, and I, the last thing, and, and in the United States, it's an optional course, very, very few people take it. Um, and I think that's the way it should be. Um, I would hate for it to be a required course and for people to have to sit there listening to things that they're not interested in. Um, there are just so many other really important topics um, that are not required, and I don't see why jurisprudence should be one of them. Um, is, is the course in the UK basically the same content as the course in the US? It depends on who teaches it. Um, uh, sometimes it is if the person does jurisprudence, um, seriously, if they're a researcher, otherwise it's just like out of a, you know, one of these, you know, um, collection, like a, like a case book for jurisprudence. Um, and um, People, I, 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 the one thing is really good um, is that it's really good for the job market for people who 
study jurisprudence because right. if you're a PhD, if you're a PhD student, you know you're going to get you're you're likely to get a job because it's a required course. Whereas in the United States, I remember Jules Coleman used to tell me that nobody in the history of American law schools has ever gotten a job just doing jurisprudence. Um, you have to do something else. And this is going to be I'm embarrassing. Sure I don't really know how I would define it. Yeah, what like what is a yeah like I okay hold on wait we should save this for round three, but round one goes to Oren for correctly identifying the topic. So Oren, Oren wins. Oren slash Scott Shapiro wins round one. <laughs> Scott Shapiro Can not accept the win and give it to Scott because I thought that was a very thoughtful answer. <laughs> I, I love the superphone hanging over you, your head. You, you that doesn't sound like Oren. Yeah, <laughs> way too gracious. Um, yeah, right. I mean, what? Uh, what the hell? Round two. <laughs> hey, what's round two? Round two is mayonnaise. Yeah, go. <laughs> oh, Oren. Uh, I'm against it. I think uh, I, I just just weird and unnecessary what if it's hipster aioli mayonnaise all the more reason to be against it oh my god scott what if, scott how do you feel about mayonnaise well i i just think like everything context um like <laughs> tuna fish you're gonna have like a tuna fish sandwich without mayonnaise what the hell? i mean what's i mean i i don't know i mean seriously that's crazy <laughs> yes, it is crazy. If Orange, you're a fish. Are you for it or against it? <laughs> in favor, just without mayonnaise. So, like, what, what do you I do? Mean, how, what do you do to yeah, What do you fish? do with it? I will actually just eat tuna straight out of the can. Actually, that's my what. Opinion. I'm a purist when it comes to tuna fish, um, and I'm a purist uh, when it comes to mayonnaise. Apparently, <laughs> I'm baffled. You uh, do what to the what? You just eat tuna fish? Well, I'm trying to take a strong, strong position to make it like an interesting discussion about mayonnaise. So it's a little bit trying to, you know, sort of be pugilistic in the spirit oh, so of the Apparently the kids eating the first round didn't go over very well. So, um, sorry, what was the? My actual position on mayonnaise is that uh, I don't use very much of it. I think it's. Um, oh, so, but you do use it. I use a little bit. Not Oh well, I, oh that's not I, that's not purist at all. Yeah, right. that's like that's like I don't know this like really. I'm pretty sure that's like the reform of like <laughs> like of like like conservative and like aren't you like like there's like all of these different maybe conservative maybe it's the conservative. I don't know. Is that right? Do you I'm like people. I'm inclusive in my manism, so it's uh, <laughs> it's all okay. All right. right. Uh, what, uh, potato three. salad? Hold on, oh, no. Okay, but I just said, wait, yeah, potato, potato salad? Yeah, we gotta follow this out with hypotheticals. Okay. okay. I, okay, so here's, this is the test, the mayonnaise test. When I was a kid, I used to love stale white bread with mayonnaise in between it. That was it. That was the entire sandwich. That was all I would okay. eat. When you say a kid, it was you three months like ago. Six or like <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like when I was like a little, like when I was like in second or third grade, I went through this phase and this was like my favorite food it was like stale white bread but with mayonnaise in between. I would leave it out when I left for school, the bread out on the counter when I left for school and come back. 
<laughs> and it would be stale on the counter. And then I made my childhood you must have had. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, well, that, that, yeah. It was aging well, like bread <laughs> at, at age seven. What? Warren, can we agree that Kate? Can, can we agree that Kate lost that round, even though she wasn't yes. part of it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Fair. Okay. So people are anti-mandates in that situation entirely. Everyone can agree. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> round three. Jurisprudence. Go. Yeah, I'm actually fascinated. <laughs> A tough round. I feel like this is Chicago versus Brown University like of like in terms of like wait first we before we do this round we need an explanation what is a jurisprudence class as opposed to yes any other class that involves jurisprudence oh um well so i, I mean i mean the way i mean it is like what sometimes you would call legal philosophy um ah. so the concept of law dworkin um is there an obligation to obey the law you know things like that, as opposed to um, kind of uh, when sometimes people talk about like the jurisprudence of the Fourth Amendment, meaning kind of like high level principles. Like the people as, meaning Orin. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, for, for the record, yeah. I'm strongly against the use of the word jurisprudence to mean the case law of, which is unfortunately- Oh, happened. there's our round three. Oh. Jurisprudence be used to refer to case law? Definitely not. I agree right, with that. I think that's it. I think that's, and it's not as bad as Kate with the stale bread and the mayonnaise, but it's yeah. really bad. It's bad. Yeah. But like, yeah. what is the, wait, I don't understand. Why is it so bad? Like, what is now, it, so what is it referring to? Like, I don't, if you're not talking about case law, are you talking about just like pure legal theory? Do you want like, to what, go Okay, on? actually give wait, me a for instance. What would you teach in a jurisprudence class, for example? That might be a better way to do it. So, well, first of all, I would say I love the word jurisprudence in general because it's so retro. It just just stinks of, of it's just dusty and old and sets expectations unbelievably low of which I can exceed it. Um, so I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Um, but um, uh, the jurisprudence of the Fourth Amendment just sounds like that just sounds like puffery. That sounds like you're like, uh, you're saying something and it's when- like attaching uh, Esquire to your name? Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's exa that's exactly what it's like. Whereas when I do it for, for legal philosophy, it, it, it just, it, it's not puffery. It, it it makes it just sound insanely boring. That's does that does that answer. account for your uh, in in the in, in the sense in which this is turning into both of you against Kate? Is it uh, is that account for your position to other shot Scott Shapiro at Squire? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally agree with Scott on this question. Wait, um, what is the question? Like, wait, that basically, like, it's kind of just like puffery. It's kind of like, what does Esquire mean? It doesn't mean anything. Like, just call yourself a lawyer. Like, what's the difference between a lawyer and an attorney? You know, when I was when I was a young reporter at Legal Times, which was then owned by Steve Brill, there was a rule, and we would get memos about it that we were not allowed to use the word Esquire behind someone's name because they did. 
Um, and we would get like Brill would send these memos and like Esquire is is a word that should never be attached to one's own name. And anyone who like Oren did with Scott Shapiro's name right now writes Esquire after his own name is a fraud and a charlatan. And, um, and it is only a word that should be attached to other people's name than the speaker, um, uh, if then. And so if somebody refers to himself as, you know, Scott Shapiro Esquire, that is a red flag at this publication that this person is not to be, you know, quoted as such. I, I, I agree. It's sort of like, Ben, it's the uh, equivalent on Twitter profiles when people on Twitter call themselves constitutional lawyers. <laughs> that's yeah, that's a beautiful analogy. Right, because isn't like at the end of the day. Aren't we all? Like, <laughs> what does constitutional lawyer mean? Is it as opposed to an unconstitutional lawyer? <laughs> like, exactly. Lawyer who does constitutional law, like you know, there's a there's a statutory issue on a civil procedure case, and then suddenly there's like a You're like no, not getting into that. And they jump into the case because there's a constitutional <laughs> issue, and then they're like, "Whoa, the rest is statutory. I'm out." Um, yeah, I don't understand that. Yeah, yeah. Ann Coulter used to oh used to go. When she would go on um, shows, she would her tagline would be constitutional lawyer. And so that also poisoned it for me as well. Yeah. Is she right. a lawyer? There's all sorts of Yeah, yeah she is. She, yeah, she went to the University of Michigan. Um yeah, she, should she, I miss she, that? She was, she was, I didn't know that. I forget which circuit she yeah. clerked on yeah. too. She no, she was she used to be a serious person. Yeah. Wait, I actually uh, yeah. think I do know that because she didn't she clerk for like Kaczynski or something or s someone. I don't maybe think it not. was Kaczynski. I think I want to say it was like on the third circuit or something. Maybe. I, I, yeah. I, so uh, should we, we got a bunch of questions teed up. We'll see if we can get anyone to get you guys to disagree about something substantial. Yeah. Stop being uh, so polite, guys. All right. Yeah. Our first question is from Uzer Kadir. Let me uh, bring. Uh, oh, wait, there he is. Um, the floor is yours, but you got to unmute yourself. Hello. Hey. Oh, hey. Yeah. So I was just, I just wanted to ask, um, as somebody who's interested in this subject matter, but is a little worried about like the future of this profession, most professions in general, the economy, is it worth going to law school? Like what advice would you give to somebody who's considering that? Hey, yeah, guys, tell us what you do about the thing that would underscores your livelihood. <laughs> like it's, yeah. That's how I feel right now. Before, before you do, I am reliably informed by means of text message that uh, uh, um, that uh, she clerked for Pasco Bowman. Yeah, the, oh, OK. That makes sense. Eight, so that okay. is the answer. We have really good <laughs> producers here on In Lieu of Fun. Yeah, Ooh, isn't it funny? Amazing. <laughs> well, what's the answer? Um, should people go to law school or is this the time to run for the hills and get into uh, artisanal mayonnaise production? <laughs> I, I'm so curious what, Orrin, what do you think? Oh, nice punt. Um, <laughs> thank you. I was, I was, <laughs> thank you. I, I, I think it's hard to I, tell. I think I won that round, by the way. <laughs> you did. <laughs> you did. Uh, I think it's hard to tell. Yeah. Um, it, it, 
you know, we don't we don't know what things are going to be like six months out or a year out or five years out. And then the difficulty of the question is when you're a law, when you're thinking of applying to law schools, it's a decision that you're making now to study for the LSAT at some future time, or <laughs> assuming there is an LSAT to take, um, and apply to law school in a future year, and then you actually come out of it and are ready for employment, you know, three, two and a half years later. And so it's hard to predict. Uh, my, my guess is that the way this sort of plays out is that we're in the public health crisis time of this, and it's just not where lawyers are playing a major role, but that in two years from now, hopefully the public health crisis part will be over. And that's usually when the lawyers come in with, <laughs> with the legal implications of what just happened. Uh, and so, you know, I think it's, it's, it, I think always whenever you decide to go to law school, it's always something you need to think about. Do you want to be a lawyer? What do you want to do? Is it worth it? And all that kind of stuff. So that's for everyone always a hard question, but, but I think it's possible that now is a good time. It's just, it's just too hard to tell because it's so early. What do you think, Scott? I mean, unfortunately, I agree. Um, I would just say, uh, yeah, I know. I, would, I mean, you. First of all, you brought the world's most reasonable man, and I. I, I, I let him like, go first. Like he's engaged. Stop being so on, nice. You're ruining it. He's going to an ongoing yeah. campaign of identity theft in violation <laughs> of the <laughs> FAA. I'm directed at you. And you're praising him. I would. I would say I, I would I do worry about I mean um, well I, I would just like is anyone going to get a job at all in the next year year and a half two years I mean it's a it's a it's a calamity of unimaginable proportion so I think like the opportunity costs are incredibly low about not being in the job market and going to school. Um, so there, there's, there's that sense of like, um, you know, either that or, you know, buy, you know, have somebody pay you to store oil in your house. Um, <laughs> because it's like Actually, negative... I've been thinking about that. I've been, I've been saving all of my, <laughs> of my, of my sealable containers. Here's, here's the question <laughs> I've been thinking about, about that. At what point, we're clearly past it, is the majority of the value of a barrel of oil the value of the barrel? Yeah. Right? We're clearly yeah. past it because the oil is neg of negative value and the barrel is of some value. But, you know, if you're paying negative $37 for a barrel of oil, how much of that, the oil must be worth like negative $39 because there's some or $10 of which is like a barrel is not a, a, oh, a I don't think that, thing. Oh, I don't think, I don't think when you buy it, they give you a barrel. I it's think it's a barrel. I think it's a barrel's worth yeah, of volume, oil, don't not, you think? Yeah. I don't yeah, know. They don't I, actually yeah. buy, I don't actually. I want my barrel. <laughs> it seems like sorry. you buy the oil for the barrel. That's yeah. so depressing. <laughs> and there's like a, a and there's like a ten. Have a cup of milk. You keep the cup. You were. <laughs> yeah. And there's like a This is my cup. And there's like a ten. There's a ten cent deposit also on the barrel. So. I just right. want to point out that Oren has updated his Scott Shapiro Zoom name to Scott Shapiro Esquire. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
All right, Allison. Um, Allison has a really important question, guys, and I, I, I hope it's one you'll find a way to disagree about. But Allison, like uh, our previous questioner, you do have to unmute yourself. All right, I'll unmute you. Okay, you can you hear me now? Yep. I'm sorry about that. Um, this might be the most important so far, so I would like this one seriously thought out if you wouldn't mind spending a couple minutes on it. Are tacos sandwiches? It's the question that is gripping America at this point. Are, do tacos count as sandwiches? Oren, go. No. What if they have mayonnaise? Definitely. Not. <laughs> <laughs> ah, mayonnaise sandwiches, a sandwich. I, <laughs> tacos. Sandwiches. I do not. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that, I, I, taco, tacos are not sandwiches. I, the question, uh, may, may I just follow up by, I, I, uh, in the neighborhood is the question is whether a burrito is a wrap. Isn't the burrito sort of like the platonic wrap? Yeah, so- I mean, like all wraps are basically imitations. Like they, when they die, they become But is a burrito. hamburger a sandwich? Is a hot dog a sandwich? What is the definition of a sandwich? I, yeah, it's that's- It's gotta be I, like I, meat between, or food between two pieces of bread, right? I swear to God, how many you're joking do and you everything, Scott? No, but you, that, that, I was just going to say that you're like thinking, oh, this is a really stupid question. But we philosophers debate this all the goddamn time. I mean, I was, a, you know, is the Pope a bachelor? We talk, I mean, I've been at conference. Yes, so, obviously. Can I, can I ask a, a question, Scott, about this? So, so isn't it all just depending on what version of the term you think is the right one and the terms could have different meanings depending on the context. And so you're telling me the context, how broad it is. And then that's just, that's where your answer is to some degree of certainty. How can you spend that much time focused on those questions? Now well, that's the kind I, of I, challenging <laughs> that was my hope. Justify your entire career right yeah. now, go. Well, I don't know. So, so like people people used to worry about what's water is water so wet uh colorless odorless liquid that's in 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 the lakes and um uh and it 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 turned out that um philosophers um in the 20th century uh, around 19 in the 1970s with the with um the publication naming necessity uh, Saul Kripke's um, work and started thinking, wait a second, actually, no, water isn't a contextual term, it's H2O. It's a natural kind which is uh, determined by chemistry and physics um, because what we want to say is we want to say like the Greeks drank water just like we drink water, even though they had weird beliefs about water and that were different than ours. So, the, so there's this there's this um, temptation to try to say, well, it always depends on the context. But then you start saying, really, does it always depend on the context? Um, when 
um, when the ancients had views about the, the, the when they had texts and they had and they were using words that refer to what we would use the word water to, aren't we referring to the same thing, even though we had very different beliefs and even though they were saying in a very different context than we were but 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 i mean people but, will of course the debate argument for it not being the same thing i mean I, the ancient greeks believed all kinds of things about water that are were wrong and that you know we can forgive them for believing because they didn't have you know chemistry or or uh you know all kinds of you know uh, uh, modern physics that we have that enable us to know with a little bit more precision what water is. They had some ideas about water that were correct. Um, but what's the argument that when they say water, it's not H2O because of context? Well, what, but this is the great thing about what the revolution that Saul Kripke uh, brought about in naming and assessing and, and Hillary Putnam in the meaning of meaning is that before the 1970s and 1960s, everyone kind of was trying to figure out like what is the set of descriptions um, the, that attaches to the meaning of a term like water um, that uh, defines water. Um, and it now seems like a silly thing to us, um, but this was like a major um, advance in thinking about language. Um, so, you know, I, I would just say about, about philosophy is that um, what I love about it is that you you think to yourself, like, what could they possibly be arguing about? Isn't the answer obviously this? And then somebody comes along and says, no, actually, it's backwards. It's the other way around. And you're like, how did I, how did anybody ever think that other thing? And, and, you know, philosophy has very few moments like that, but when they happen, it's magical. I actually uh, love that. Randy example. Barnett, Randy Barnett writes in with a trenchant important observation, which is compared with his background, Scott looks like a ghost or maybe a cartoon character. He emphasizes that that's a comment, not a question, but it does, <laughs> raise the question, Scott, um, of whether uh, maybe uh, your uh, webcam should be dusted off. Um, so, so unless you actually uh, prefer, I kind of like it. Actually. I actually do like it. It's like your your background yeah. is in sharp. It also kind of in blurred. terms of the meaning of meaning. I think that it means that you're not actually you, and I kind of like the lack of realism, yeah. frankly. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw. Yeah, so it, there's a there's a there's a way in which um, uh, right, I'm a kind of spectral presence. Um, and so you should listen to me more because I'm not really a, I, I'm a disembodied mind. I like that. I, 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 I have it not, go back. Well, I also like the dragging qualities around. So you're sort of moving in a, in an aura. Whereas Oren is, what, what, what is that? Like, like, uh, yeah, where are you? He's in a jazz Vanguard. club because he likes jazz. The Village Vanguard, my favorite place in the world. I got, oh, I, I just, I get points for that. You do. I, I, like I nailed it. Um, I live right by there. I live right by Village Vanguard. I'm going to say something controversial it because it's pugilism week. Jazz is bullshit. 
Don't don't come at me. Don't come at me. <laughs> yeah, like some positions are beneath contempt. <laughs> like actively argue with them because they're wrong. No one likes me and my jazz positions on jazz or my mayonnaise sandwiches, which is the only thing that we've all been able to agree on is that I lose. So, I, so Randy I, I would, Barnett I, has now posted a few other things that I just want to read you. He says of Scott's uh, 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 back, uh, his image, I like it too. He is a spectral premise and like the hair presence, appearing presence. and disappearing. And, um, and then he says, I just got in here. I need to figure out what's being discussed. So um, Randy, what you work on that. And um, we're going uh, <laughs> to- so And then the let us question, know. <laughs> yeah, so the next question- Well, Randy, we were talking about, we were talking about the, um, the merits of teaching jurisprudence to American law students. All of jazz. So um, our next question is from anonymous attendee, and we don't let anonymous attendees uh, talk themselves because sometimes they turn out to be swastika guy. Um, but this one seems pretty civilized, so I'm going to read his comment. He says, Canadian here, but boggled that one can graduate without an intro to philosophy of law course. So um, uh, this goes back to Scott's point that in uh, common in the Commonwealth, uh, philosophy of law or, or jurisprudence is required and hated, um, and here it's not required and much beloved. Well, I wouldn't say it was beloved. Uh, I, would, I would say that that the that the twenty students a year that take it um, uh, are are fond of it. Um, I would just say well, that my wife is beloved. It's just a beloved with a small denominator. Right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, my, my, my wife's Canadian and I love all things Canadian. I'm a huge Canadianophile and uh, anonymous. I know I would like you. Okay, so anonymous you're, you're, attendee also You know asked, we're not voting on who wins the rounds, right, Scott? <laughs> <we are. laughs> so anonymous attendee also, and maybe it's a different anonymous, maybe this one swastika guy actually. What do the professors think of the Merriam-Webster definition of jurisprude? Jurisprude, quote, an individual who makes ostentatious show of learning in jurisprudence and the philosophy of law or who regards legal doctrine with undue solemnity or veneration. Oren, what do we think of the, the term jurisprude? Can I just say, why does Miriam Webster have that definition and not boomer? Like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Sorry, but go ahead, Oren. Yeah, I've actually never heard the word jurisprude used in a non-ironic way, although that roughly captures the ironic definition. <laughs> so I don't know if that's actually the dictionary or a, or a joke, but I think it captures what we were saying before about um, the, the, the way in which the term is, I think, and I think Scott agrees, misused um, outside of the legal philosophy context just to dress up law. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, as uh, as um Bentham said about rights nonsense on stilts. Oh my God, I've never heard that and I really like that. That's amazing. Oh yeah, it's, a, it's one of the great, it's one of the great um, burns. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Bentham, a utilitarian, was trying to skewer, uh, was trying to troll the natural 
law people, sorry, the natural rights people, they called rights nonsense on stilts, which is so awesome. I just thought of a different round that I want to get to Barnett's question, but I want to like just frame this. I want to hear like hedgehog versus fox. And that is like maybe our final round. That is what I would like to maybe end with. I don't, yes. Anyways, we'll talk about that in a second. But Barnett, uh, we have a question. Uh, Yes. um, What is one class you feel all law students should take before they graduate? Not jurisprudence, apparently. (laughs) No, no, no. You mean non-required, like not part of the first curriculum? Yeah, let's let's assume it's not part of first year curriculum. What do you guys think? Other than Kate's internet law class. Of course. Um, so, okay, so, so I'll go. So I actually think there is no one class that every law student should take other than the required ones, uh, in part because legal training is really sort of a way of thinking more than substantive background that every lawyer needs to know. The stuff that every lawyer needs to know is not even every lawyer, it's sort of most lawyers, and that's really the first year curriculum. I think most people would say, you know, the, the, the classes that are maybe the most illuminating about the world that students may not already get are classes like uh, business associations, AKA corporations, uh, which I think just suddenly exposes students to like a whole world of thinking that is really important uh, in the law, but they may not know. Um, con law where it's not required is of course another, uh, another one. But so much of law school I think of as taking professors more than courses. Uh, and so, you know, you, you learn how a professor thinks about an area of law as much as you learn the field of law. So my recommendation I usually give to students is to just take a varied a set of professors and a varied a set of courses as you can, dabble in everything. In, and and I, I know um, I sometimes see when I look at, you know, who's taking classes in areas related to my own classes, and I'll see students that are taking my class a related class, a third related class, or sort of three courses roughly in the same area. And I always think that's a huge mistake because they're, they're getting overlap and they're not learning new things. And they're not, it's just great to experience a little bit of everything. So I, I, I guess in the end, I say there's sort of no one class outside of the required ones that everyone should take. But I think of business associations as probably the one that is the, if I had to recommend one, that'd probably be it. What do you say, Scott? That's stupid. I mean, that's of course right. I mean, I would say I would say corporations, but I, but but I, I, so, so just two quick things. One is that um, uh, it, the course that um, probably affects people the most uh, is rarely taken, which is family law, mm. um, because um, you know not fifty percent because you know, graduate students have a lower divorce rate, but 40% maybe, but it's almost a hundred percent chance that a student will either get divorced or have a sibling that's divorced or an incredibly close friend who's going through a divorce. And it's really um, enormously important important um, to understand, um, especially, so so I used to, I did some practicing of family law and I found that um, things were won and lost like in the first week. Um, uh, Oh, like somebody would get served with papers and then they would freak out. 
um, and they would kind of give in immediately, and then that would lead to um, mistakes. Um, so family law would be the my dark horse. Um, um, but but I, I agree with Orrin that that you know corporations is so important that I, um, and not a required course that that I would think that you'd have to take that. Can I just, I'm going to make a pitch to redeem myself after mayonnaise sandwiches and jazz, um, which is basically <laughs> that I'm going to say. You're really falling <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know, I know. No one likes me anymore. Um, I'm okay. Your, your hate fuels me. Um, but there is a, uh, <laughs> there is a, uh, I would like to say that like, I actually think that like American, American legal education good American legal education teaches jurisprudence alongside every single course and it's in every course. And if like, as a person who then went on to get their PhD in law, as if they had been abroad and took jurisprudence classes, I had this, oh my freaking God moment when I finally took like the class at Yale that was just all about jurisprudence. Like this is what I was learning the whole time. The indeterminacy of it all, the humanness Mm. of it all, the philosophy of all, the big Mm. theory. And like, frankly, that like, I just think there's different learning styles. I think that some people walked away from law school, having all of that and having imbibed it from, um, from the philosophies that my professors had taught, knowing that that was what it was all about. And some people walked away thinking that everything was rules and applying rules and like everything else. And, uh, having a jurist, like teaching it top down, doesn't mean that people get it more than not. And like the order of which you teach it, it just really is about the way that you learn it. Sometimes you're never going to learn it. It's just about kind of like, it's a way of, it's a philosophy of thinking about the world more than it is about the law in particular. And that's just kind of what I was going to wrap up on. All right. Randy Barnett. Um, And now zooming in from, from Washington, DC, maybe Um, one of my former, like one of the former professors that I had at Georgetown law school, Professor, uh, occasional, uh, restaurant bumper into of Benjamin Wittes, um, uh, uh, Vola conspiracy blogger, uh, and, uh, general, uh, uh, interesting libertarian polymathic mind, Randy Barnett, the floor is yours. Well, that, what a great introduction that was, Ben. Thank you. I uh, the last time I ran into you in a restaurant was in uh, uh, back, it was a while ago, it was before uh, Crouppen's closed. I do not recall that. Um, there you I go. Never, See, it's like, I think the uh, last time I bumped into I you was- I remember a- meeting Warren, you know, you know. I was like gonna say that I like the last, you've never bumped into me, but we, I, I, I was one of, I'd never took one of your classes, but you, my, one of my very, I, the last time I saw you, you were having lunch with one of my very favorite professors, Peter Byrne, um, who oh, is oh. just a tremendous human being. Um, well, I, if you, if you, if I had my video camera on, you would see me smiling from ear to ear uh, based on both that introduction and that recollection. Um, I'm actually ensconced safely in central Virginia with my uh, 91-year-old mother and 97-year-old father-in-law. We uh, got them out of Maryland several weeks ago, and we are keeping them safe here with us until it's safe to go back to their place in Maryland. Um, I actually, I only tuned in because I wanted to see if it was possible for both Scott and Oren to lose this debate. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> it looks like Kate's losing. It. So bam, bam. Yeah, if I hadn't thrown myself under the bus, someone may have lost. <laughs> yeah, this, this, this is kind of like uh, the Iran-Iraq war for me. Your Al-Qaeda that comes out of it. <laughs> I, I, I want to be on, I want Scott to continue to be on screen because I love the way his hair just appears and it disappears. So he's yeah. like bald and he has what? Into, <laughs> into the arch, into the arch. We bring work to bring you. So I, I had a question for Scott. <laughs> Yeah. Having to uh, be serious here, I, mean, I felt I was obligated to have a serious question. So when I taught jurisprudence, I used to use uh, Joel Feinberg's text, The Philosophy of Law, uh, partly because right. I had an article in there on restitution of victims of crime. So I always believe in self-adoption if possible. I'm just wondering, right. is that I, I, I just checked Amazon. That book apparently is in the ninth edition. Uh, what does Scott think about that book? Um, what book does he use? Oh, um, thank you. I, by the way, I was just gonna say that, uh, Randy, I, I, I just so enjoy your, your feed and your, um, uh, you know, sometimes we get into a little tussle, but it's, it's in good, it's a good fun. So I really appreciate that. Now on um, Journalism uh, Week, Scott, we don't like praise our opponents. We don't, <laughs> like, oh. sometimes we get into a tussle. And then when you're down, I can't do. <laughs> we gotta keep up the spirit here. Yeah, that's uh, right. Um, so I would say, so, you know, I, I know the Feinberg, Feinberg book well because Jules Coleman, my teacher, um, uh, edited it for a bunch of years. Um, and so um, I, and there was a, selection of mine there at, at, at one point. Um, I do not use uh, horn books, uh, you know, I don't use, I never use selection um, uh, 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 books with mere selections in them. I feel like they often uh, kind of ruin the integrity of the argument. And so I normally teach books. So the books that I use are Concept of Law by Heart. I spend a lot of time on that. I do Law's Empire. I do Antonin Scalia's A Matter of Interpretation. I do Carl Schmitt's um, uh, The Concept of the Political. Everyone's been I, talking I knew we'd about get that Carl Schmitt into this conversation. Oh my God. Yeah, well, Carl yeah. Schmitt is like, I swear to God, like everyone is talking like, like I was just on a call with Jack Balkan and Jack Balkan was quoting like Carl Schmitt. I'm like, Jesus, Jack, who are you? <laughs> What's <laughs> well, going on? Because <laughs> the, the thing about Schmidt is that he's, he's, he's extremely smart. He really is. He's not just, a, he's like, yes, he's a Nazi. Uh, yeah, yes, he was a Nazi. <laughs> um, uh, you know, like that's true. Um, and no way of getting around it. And he was also probably mentally ill um, to some extent. Um, and he was an anti-Semite though. He was a really close friend, uh, one, uh, his, his really close friend with, uh, his really close friend was Jewish. And I mean, there's just, there's so many contradictions in the guy, but he was really brilliant. And what, what thing is so interesting about Schmidt is that because he's a cr critic of liberalism, he had the people on the right like him and the people on the left like him. And they, they are attack um, because they see um, him attacking liberalism. They think that, you know, 
one or the other, you know, liberalism is wrong. And so therefore the right thinks the right is right and the left thinks the left is right. I think it's incredibly important to, um, to take on the toughest critics of liberalism and see if they can, you know, what are they, um, what are they trying to say? And is there an answer? I think it's uh, if really Cashman were alive, uh, would you have a beer with him? And if so, um, what are you? What is he like, George W. Bush? Like, what you, is going you, on here? Would you feel awkward about it? Well, it was definitely I feel awkward about having beer with a Nazi. Um, that's like uh, I'll I'll come right out and say it. That's <laughs> that's, that's a that's a red line for me. Um, I know cancel culture, you know, um, we're not supposed to wokeness and everything, but Nazis like, but you know, what? this is the thing that Owen and I write about in The Internationalist is that um, Kelsen, Hans Kelsen was the Dean of Cologne Law School and was, uh, you know, advocated and hired Schmidt and Schmidt, this was 1932 and then 1933 when Hitler rose to power, Schmidt got Kelsen fired. So that there's this, there's this um, thing that I always worry about liberals and which was that Sch Schmidt always said was that liberals don't, can't tell the difference between friend and enemy. And Kelsen couldn't. Kelsen, so there may be, there's a, there may be, you know, you'd have a beer with them. Maybe you wouldn't want to hire them for your faculty. It's a tough question, question, although, yeah. Um, although, you know, even in, even in academe, you know, like the, our whole profession is based on engagement. And so, you know, what's, what do you do with, with a Schmidian? You probably have to hire them if they're really brilliant. Oren, would you have a beer with Carl Schmidt, and how awkward would you feel about it? Um, so all I know about Carl Schmidt is that he's this Nazi German philosopher guy who believed in absolute power, and that is not high on my list of people to have a beer with. Um, so, no. <laughs> so I would I, totally have a beer with Carl Schmidt, but and, this I, is... and I wouldn't feel awkward about it, um, but that's the journalist in me. Right. <laughs> you know, right. right? Like I, just... I mean, I would also, I would kind of like, if you're actually kind of going back in history and like, it's going to be like a one-off, like have a beer with someone, I would have a beer with Adolf Hitler. Like it would be like fascinating. Like, don't you think oh, that yeah. that would be fascinating? Like, like to ask him questions and like to talk about things. Like there's so much that's unknown. Like that's also, well, I want to be maybe I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't say that so openly, but no, like, no, 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 I just, I would you interview Hitler? That's like that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, would you interview them? Like, like it would be amazing to interview them. The reason I was saying have a beer with is it implies a certain like oh, implies like colleagues. Yes, no, no, no. Yes, like I would go interview almost anybody. Right, but but that's in a very discreet professional capacity. I mean, we're sitting around here shooting the shit having a uh, kind of in lieu of fun conversation, would you do that with Carl Schmidt? And like, like I thought when, when, when Adrian Vermeule and, and, and uh, Eric Posner wrote their executive unbound book and they kind of self-consciously said, Our, the hero of this book is not James Madison, it's Carl Schmidt. They were saying basically, 
we should, I mean, they were partly being mischievous, but I think they were also saying we should rehabilitate Schmidt to the sort of person that you can kind of sit around and have a beer with, not just somebody that you slink off and secretly read because there's some, uh, there's some insight in his heretic uh, uh, illiberalism. Um, um, I, yeah, I, I, I didn't, I didn't read, I didn't, I didn't read, uh, partly, you know, there's a style of scholarship that my colleague Doug Kaiser calls a bad boy scholarship, um, you know, and there's a kind of uh, designed to kind of troll people. Um, and I think that there's like a little bit of an element there, but I didn't read them as being trying to normalize his personality or his personal views. I think they thought of him as somebody who ha had kind of exposed the uh, hypocrisy and the, um, the kind of silliness of a certain type of legal liberalism. And we should just be kind of clear-eyed about what the administrative state had become. But, don't but I mean, think, it is really I, interesting. I think like that's a reasonable description of where Eric was. But yeah. now with Adrian having kind of self-consciously embraced a much more authoritarian vision of what he wants to use the administrative state for, I, I wonder if Adrian had a somewhat different project do you think we could get Adrian to fight Noah Feldman on the show? That would be a good match. Oh, I would watch that. <laughs> Adrian uh, has 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 uh, has left Twitter. I think because like um, that doesn't mean that does he's not back, mean he's back. that was that does oh, not back? mean anything. That's not that's not fun. like life. Like he can still come on and debate us. That would be fun. Let's Maybe that's it. the but like we talked about Marty Lederman being the one. I love Marty, but like we should like maybe like maybe there should be who who is like the person who you would most like to see debate Adrian Vermeule? I and then in the same thing, who would you most like to see debate debate Noah Feldman? I I think that they're a great pair. I think that's like a, I think that's like an epic. Wouldn't an that be epic? epic I kind of think that yeah. that would be like a little bit, that would be like a little bit like. In lower form, we have an epic smackdown. Yeah, I, I, I think it would actually be quite substantive and I think it would be really interesting. Um, well, we couldn't uh, ask, maybe we couldn't ask them about tacos, but I would actually like to ask them about tacos. But <laughs> <laughs> I think it's interesting about it and I'll agree with Scott yet again. Uh, <laughs> Like, what's interesting about it is you guys so are the know, worst at this. Terrible. <laughs> so what's interesting, I find you know, Adrian's work has a lot of people wondering, like, is he being serious? Is he trolling? What 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 are his goals? And some people who've read a lot of his work have a strong sense of that, but those, including myself, who are not familiar, you know, I've read some of his articles, mostly his earlier work rather than his later work. Um, I think it'd be really interesting just because you could really sort of get to the question of like what what are the goals of this? Is this like, you could you could press him in a way that maybe becomes harder outside of that setting when you sort of read his work. I think it'd be really illuminating either way. William, I would happily invite Adrian on 
William F. Buckley, what is the William F. Buckley debate? I have watched many times the William F. Buckley debate and the um, and the Baldwin debate. Um, those are absolutely, those are amazing. Um, but there is another Buckley debate that is, it's escaping my mind. I'm just like completely going blank. He debated someone else. Well, he debated a whole bunch of people. I mean, he's debated yeah, a bunch of people, but there was- line, Which was like him arguing with lots of people yeah, every Yeah, but there week. is another really famous one. It's not- Well, the other, the other really one. famous one is, is, is Gore Vidal. Yes, Vidal. Sorry, right. that's yeah. who it was. Sorry, that's who I was thinking of. So like, yeah, it just seems like a really great it kind of like, that would be amazing. It'd be fun. Yeah. All right. Can, well, I just, I'm, I'm, can, can I just ask Oren one thing, which I'm dying to ask him? All right, because, we got to uh, wrap it, up. It, 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 this is like, I hope this is going to be the gut punch that ends the fight. Yeah. Yeah, just, I just, I really want to like being a never Trumper, okay? Um, it, and being somebody who's Fed sock guy, conservative guy, um, are is there are there people who you won't have beers with now that you really before other than, <laughs> other than Carl Schmidt? Um, no, no, no. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, from, from like because they they've been uh, you know they've um, stood for things in this period that you find just too dark sure i mean there, there are some people who i think are really who i just incredibly disappointed in and i think if i were to have a beer with them i would not be good company um and and so yeah there are certainly some people like that but you know there are a lot of people who i think um you know an interesting aspect of the sort of never trump fed sock angle is when we announced checks and balances uh just before the federal society annual convention I got a lot of feedback from a lot of people there and there was so much positive feedback um, from people who were like, thank you so much for, for doing this. This is so important. And a lot of people who for career reasons or other reasons didn't want to speak out, but at least when talking to me, were really sympathetic to what we were doing. Um, so maybe I'm an optimist and I think there's always redeeming qualities in most people, but, but I would say there, there are definitely some people who I would not have a beer with, but others who I think there are, they're, they they can come around, um, and and I I would uh, I would I would have a drink with them. We're going to end it there. I am reliably informed by our producers that Scott Shapiro has added Esquire to his Twitter bio, um, at which I think is a bold move in light of this conversation. Uh, um, I think that means Scott wins. I don't know who wins. I don't know. Like, I don't, everyone wins. Everyone wins. Everyone wins on in lieu of fun. Um, right. uh, so, uh, thank you, Scott and Scott Esquire. Um, I think tomorrow, uh, we're going to have Lisa Page here for an Ask Me Anything Decent. Uh, Lisa, you can raise your hand if that's really happening or, or, or not raise your hand if it's not. Otherwise, uh, that can be like Lisa against the world sort of pugilism. Um, but uh, otherwise, we will gather together the next pairing of brutal, savage pugilism. Um, uh, Scott, uh, thank you. And, and Oren, a.k.a. Scott, thank you. And I would just, I would just like want to say, like, I like 
I encourage everyone to go and relax by listening to anything but jazz. And then also eating their, eating their mayonnaise sandwiches for dinner and, <laughs> and be grateful for, be grateful for them. Such bad opinions. Uh, it's terrible. Um, Kate, uh, you really are not allowed to have fun anymore. Uh, in fun, we will be back tomorrow. Thanks for joining. Bye, Thank guys. You. Thank you. So Thank fun. you. Thank, Thank you, you for Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you so much.